Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. going on everybody welcome to episode 516 of the talking for hours podcast and youtube show ben fadden with you here it is november 17th 2023 happy friday to everybody which free agents will stay with the san diego padres that's the main topic for today's show i'll probably do another show next week maybe the week after that talking about which free agents i think will not be staying with the padres and what teams they might sign with and then, obviously, as we progress in the offseason, there will be some episodes about some free agent targets for the Padres, which free agents are available, and all that. But, again, hopefully everyone is doing well. Who is staying? So I want to go through the list here of Padres free agents. This is according to Spot Track, and I'll go through every single unrestricted free agent that is on this list. Some of these names you probably have never heard of because they are minor leaguers. But this is just everyone that I see here in the San Diego Padres organization that are free agents. Josh Hader. I think we know that he's not staying. His market value is almost $18 million per year. And I think he could get a little bit more than that on the free agent market. I think he's going for the Edwin Diaz type deal. There's Blake Snell, who congratulations to him. He just won his second career Cy Young, his first Cy Young with the Padres, and he is one of very few players in Major League Baseball history, some of the greats, to win a Cy Young in both the NL and in the American League. Obviously, he won his Cy Young Award with the Tampa Bay Rays, and where the Padres are at financially, it just doesn't feel like he's going to stay. Nick Martinez, he is another one. Drew Pomerantz, Rich Hill, Seth Lugo. Jerkson Profar, Michael Waka, G-Man Choi, Garrett Cooper, Luis Garcia, Gary Sanchez, Drew Carlton, Chandler Siegel, Max Schrock, Timmy Lopes, Tim Lopes. Don't know why it says Timmy. Is that what they call him? It says Timmy Lopes. Evan Mendoza, Jansen Witte, Allison Quintero, Quintero, hopefully I'm not botching that name, Michael De La Cruz, Juan Fernandez, Rainhill Ravello. Jorman Rodriguez, and Michael Cantu. So some of those names haven't heard of. 
but they're minor leaguers. So you don't have to, you know, go deep diving into those guys' names. I'm only gonna really go through the the major league names here. Who's gonna stay? The first guy that I have is Nick Martinez. And I think some fans, and I have this thought as well, well, if he was going to stay, why would he switch agents to Scott Boris? I think that this is a situation where he switches to Boris because he knows he's going to be a free agent. And who knows what his relationship was like with his former agent? Who knows? Maybe a teammate recommended Scott Boris to him. And he goes with what that teammate said and goes with Scott Boris. I don't know. It does feel like Nick loved San Diego and loved his teammates, loved being in that clubhouse. And I think that he's, I mean, he is an emotional guy. You watch him pitch on the mound. And so I'm hoping that maybe with Mr. Seidler's passing, he his emotional side brings him back to the San Diego Padres and knowing how much the fan base shows up, and depending on what team he wants to go to, that's not a guarantee. Like, it feels like it will be this next season with the Padres, at least to start the year. Who knows what the crowd's going to look like at the end of the year if things aren't working out. But I feel like if the Padres give him a respectable offer, right? There was the club option of like $16 million a year. We knew that the Padres were not going to give Nick Martinez $16 million a year. Wasn't going to happen. And we knew that Nick was not going to take the, I think, player option that he had. So we knew he was going to free agency. But if they can find a middle ground, let's say $10 million a year, maybe Nick's going to ask for more than that and think that he's worth more than that, but that would be a pay raise. $10 million a year for, is three years too much? Is two years not enough? But like $10 million a year, somewhere like that, and with the Padres starting rotation situation, they could say, Nick, just like they did with Seth Lugo to get Seth Lugo to come to the Padres this past offseason before the 2023 season, they can say, Nick, hey, look at our rotation right now. You're going to be a valuable piece to this Padres team in 2024. We will give you a rotation spot. I don't know if it's going to be the third, the fourth, or the fifth, but you will get one of the rotation spots. We'll guarantee you that to start the season. And that might be an advantage to the Padres. I don't know. Just, I guess that's my explanation. I mean, there's, I, I feel like the Padres are going to bring back one of Lugo, Waka, Martinez. And I think Martinez is that guy that they, I, I think Lugo is going to get more than Martinez. And I think, I, I just see that like the, a team like the St. Louis Cardinals. I feel like that's a fit for Seth Lugo. And I think that they'd be willing to give him more. Where with the Padres, I feel like Nick, they know that he can be out of the bullpen. They know he can start. And they might just want to be like, hey, we'll give you a starting rotation spot. Bring your energy. Keep getting better. And let's go win a World Series in 2024. And maybe Nick feels like there's some unfinished business. Because he was a part of the 2022 team, unlike Michael Waka, unlike Seth Lugo. So he might say, yeah, made it to the NLCS in 22, didn't do anything in 23. We've got unfinished business, and I'm going to come back here. So I'm, I want Nick Martinez back. I'm hoping that this is a situation where 
Nick wasn't going to come back on the player option. He knew he could get more. The Padres weren't going to give him 16 mil. And he's going to free agency, but he's going to come back. And he's just getting the pay raise from the Padres. And they're going to find some middle ground. Obviously, with the payroll, we just don't know how much the Padres are willing to offer to Nick Martinez on a per-year basis, AAV, because that's where it plays into the luxury tax. So that's obviously a question mark. Which website, would Track be the best or would Fangraphs be the best to look at payrolls, upcoming payrolls? There's, I see 2024 payroll pages. If I go to the Padres, it says their estimated 2024 payroll is $198 million right now. And that's with, this isn't them projecting to bring back free agents. This is just money that they have right now. But if it's projected, then shouldn't you be projecting the Padres bringing in some free agents? The guys that I'm seeing here on this Fangraphs page are under contract. It includes arbitration players. So I feel I feel like what Fangraphs is saying here is $198 million would be, would be their payroll right now if this is the team that came back. And, like, for example, they're giving Juan Soto $33 million for 2024. And if the Padres want to get around $200 million, they're already at 198. I think that's what Fangraphs is saying here. So I think that some of these arbitration-eligible players won't be here. There is talk about the Padres looking to trade Scott Barlow because he's making projected to make $7.1 million, according to Fangraphs here. And the Padres might not want to pay that to a reliever. But Scott Barlow is someone that I want on this Padres team. No doubt about that. I mean, when you're losing Josh Hader, I thought one of the pluses acquiring Scott Barlow was that he was going to be here for 2024. All right, if things don't work out in 23, he can still be the Robert Suarez in 2024. And Suarez can fill Hader's role as the closer. I thought Barlow pitched pretty well for the most part with the Padres. So we'll see what happens there. Austin Nola, there's a decision there. Trent Grisham, almost $5 million. There's a decision there. Tim Hill, two and a half mil about. There's a decision there. Adrian Marhone, less than a million dollars, but there's a decision there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So I I don't know. I, I should I guess I should check what's the is Cots contracts. I think that's a website. I'll check that here. Payroll 2020. No, that's 2023. 2024 to 2028 payroll tracker. If I'm going here to spot track, sorry, I'm just looking this up right now. Don't really know how to read this right now. I don't use spot. I don't use uh, Cots contracts a ton, so I'm just trying to find. Okay, projected 26 man opening day payroll is at 191.3. Projected 40 man year end payroll is at a little over 198. So is that the number Fangraphs is using? The competitive balance threshold that number. Is it 230? Or that, that's just, that's not what the Padres are at. That's it. 
Okay, so right now projected 40-man competitive back competitive balance tax threshold payroll number 242. But they're not going to be at 242. They're going to be under that. Like they're trying to get to like 200 mil. So they don't have a ton of room. Let's go off of the the 191 number. Okay, so that's like nine million dollars of room. That's how it's like. Yeah, it's it's logical for a bunch of people to to expect the Padres to trade Juan Soto because of where they're at right now. If they want to get to two hundred million dollars, they're already around that number. A little bit less, but they're already around that number. It can make it easier. It gives you more room to give your to to add to the rotation, to maybe bullpen some bats, outfield replace Soto somehow. It gives you room to do that. Where right now, if Soto's on the team, it's going to be hard to make a lot of moves in free agency. Now I could see the Padres making some trades, but how many top prospects do they want to give up? What are they looking for in trades? Like two sides need to tango. So yeah, this this payroll situation's not ideal. And then obviously there's the question marks about, well, how willing is Padres ownership? You know, Eric Kutsenda, I talked about on the show yesterday. He is the interim Padres control person. And he he came into the Padres organization speaking on the behalf of Peter Seidler as Peter's health was declining. But I'm just wondering. Like what does what is is he willing to go over two hundred million dollars? Are they willing to go up to two thirty seven? Right, two thirty seven. I think is the the first threshold there. Is he willing to go up there, or is Major League Baseball saying no? You have to be at around two hundred million dollars, or you have to be under two hundred million dollars with the whole debt regulations and stuff. The Padres. It's been reported, I believe, in the Athletic. The Padres have already mentioned how, or excuse me, Dennis Lynn has already mentioned how the Padres have presented a plan to Major League Baseball in New York about how they're going to get their payroll down. So what does that plan involve? The Padres don't want to trade Juan Soto, but it feels like if they want to have more of a complete team and have more room and still be around $200 million, it feels like trading Juan Soto is the easiest way to go about that. Uh, But I think if you trade Juan Soto... You can't convince this Padres fan base that you're going to have a better shot at winning when Snell's not going to be here, Hayter's not going to be here probably, and then Soto's not going to be here as well. That's probably going to be hard to convince the Padres fan base that you're going all in and trying to win. So getting back to free agents, who I think is going to stay, I got Nick Martinez. Drew Pomerantz, I was thinking about it like on a minor league deal. But maybe there's a team that offers him a one-year deal. I feel like that would be like a Dodger move where they say, hey, you can get like the last spot in our bullpen. Then you go dominate the Padres. Uh, Rich Hill, obviously, he's not even looking to pitch a full season. So he's probably trying to latch on to a contender midseason next year. Seth Lugo, I feel like the Cardinals are a really good fit. But I'm going to save a lot of those like team picks for another episode. Jerks and Profar is the other guy that I think is going to stay for this Padres team. I don't think that he's going to get a bunch of money somewhere in free agency. And if he's offered a starting job in free agency from another team, does he take that? We saw him get a starting job with the Colorado Rockies, and look how that ended up. We know he's comfortable with the Padres. We know Tatis is his guy. 
Um, I feel like with Profar, don't you want to win? I'm not saying the Padres are the like guaranteed to go make the postseason. I'm not saying, yeah, you want to win, go to the Padres. Because, I mean, there's other teams that are consistent postseason teams, unlike the Padres. But I'm just saying, with Jerkson, he knows that the Padres lack bench depth. He knows that if there's an injury, I mean, Profar, can, he can play a bunch of different positions. He can play first. He can DH if you need him to. He can play left. He can play some right. He can play second, right? I'm sure he could play other positions. And you cut, you're coming off of a down year. When you came to the Padres, I thought he played pretty well, at least to start when he got that playing time. Go to where you're comfortable. At least that's the Padre fan in me. Like, I want Jerkson to be a bench player for this team. He has the big league experience. This isn't like they're just pulling up a minor leaguer from El Paso. And this is a guy that I think is a good person to have in the clubhouse. And I'm not pulling an Eric Hosmer, like clubhouse leadership. Clubhouse leadership doesn't mean much to me when you're making $13 million and you're not, you know, you're not producing on the field. When you're making millions of dollars, doesn't do a whole lot for me. But with Profar, sure, okay, they might have to give him like a one-year deal worth like $5 million. Maybe a little bit less. I don't know. Because what did he get? He got like seven and a half from the Rockies on a one-year deal, and then he's coming off a bad year. So less than that, one-year deal probably, come be a bench guy. And you could, depending on what happens with Soto, some other things in this roster, you could end up getting more playing time than you think that you will get. But if I was Profar, I mean, I'd go somewhere where I knew everybody, I was comfortable, and maybe I can have a good year and then get some more money in next offseason, after the 2024 season. But maybe that's just the Padre fan of me hoping that Profar returns, may, trying to make the case for Profar to return. Um, if you look up Profar's numbers from this past year, you compare them to the full season that he had in 2022 with the Padres. Now, that could have been like a, a peak year for Profar. We might not see that again, and he might not get the playing time for us to see it again. But in 2022, he played over 150 games. 243, I think he'll take it. 723 OPS, above average OPS plus. He was pretty darn good in left field, I thought. Obviously, good personality. 2023, he goes to the Rockies and struggles. Batting average was down. On base percentage was down. Slugging was down. OPS was down. OPS plus went from 109 to 80. Home runs were down. Now, less games, but everything was down. And very small sample size. 14 games. 49 plate appearances, so less than 50 plate appearances. But with the Rockies, 680 OPS, 776 in those games with the Padres. 117 OPS plus with the Padres. Now, you're probably laughing at me, Ben. You're you're really pulling 14-game statistics. But I'm just saying, like, it just felt like he was more comfortable with the Padres. And this is where he should be. This is where he belongs. So I think, I think Profar... I would not be surprised to see Profar come back. I've got Nick coming back. I've got Profar coming back. Now we go down the rest of this list here. Michael Walker could come back. I could see it. 
but there's a lot of teams looking for starting pitching, and I could see some other team giving Waka more money because they're in a better financial spot than the Padres are at. G-Man Choi, no thanks. Dude got two hits with the Padres, I think, and both of them were in the same game. Garrett Cooper, I was thinking about including him, like he's returning, but couldn't Profar fill that role? Not power-wise, but they could bring in another bat that could fill that role. Cooper kind of feels like a, a Brandon Jury. Maybe he goes to a non-contender and gets traded again at the deadline. We'll see what happens there. Luis Garcia, I just don't know. I think the Padres would like to have him back, to be honest, but I don't know what the interest is going to be from other teams. I could see him signing late in the offseason and a team, a contending team, be willing to pay him a little bit more than the Padres because they see Luis Garcia's stuff, his stuff that he still has. I know a lot of fans are like, no, don't bring Garcia back. But this bullpen does need some help. Um, Gary Sanchez, I'd like to see him come back, but that very well could be a Snell package. Gary go to wherever Snell goes. Wherever Snell goes could need catching help, and Gary could just go there. We know that relationship worked. So... I don't think Gary's going to come back. We could see the Padres. There's some vet catch, veteran catchers out there. I know the Yankees do have, it feels like an excess of catchers. So if they trade Juan Soto to the Yankees, maybe the Padres get back a catcher in that deal. I don't see Gary coming back. Um, and then there's other names like Drew Carlton, maybe Chandler Siegel, Schrock, Lopes, Mendoza, Witt, Witty. Uh, Quintero, De La Cruz, Fernandez, Ravello, Rodriguez, Cantu. Those are all like minor leaguers. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into them. I don't even know if they would return. I don't I don't know. I'm not gonna go looking into every team's triple A team to see, oh, is there a fit for this player? Some of them are gonna return, some of them aren't. I don't think a lot of Padres fans want to discuss those guys too for too much. Uh but yeah, for me. Out of these free agents, Hayter, Snell, Pomerantz, Hill, Lugo, Waka, Choi, Cooper, Garcia, Sanchez, Martinez, Profar, the big league guys, I've got Martinez and Profar coming back, and that's it. And some trades might need to happen. Combined, what are those guys going to make? Let's say they give Profar one year, is $3 million not enough? Let's say one for four for Profar, and then let's say two for 20 for Martinez. Maybe it has to be three. So $14 million with those guys. Uh, I think valuable utility guy in Profar and a guy that could be your five starter in your rotation. If the Padres, if that's what brings Martinez back, I think you give him that five spot. And maybe Avila can be in the rotation at some point, but he's under contract. You need to bring Nick back. Do what you can to bring Nick back. Is how I feel it. Now, payroll-wise, like financially, we don't know what they're willing to spend on Nick. I'm just saying, like, say things that can bring him back. Do what you can in terms of positions, trust, confidence, all that to bring Nick back. Um, so that's, let's say, $14 million on those two guys. Where the payroll's at right now, that's probably already at, like, $200 million, at around two hundred, probably a little bit over. $200 million. At least the numbers that I'm seeing right now, payroll-wise, it's 
probably over already. So that's where it's like trading Juan Soto can make sense. From a winning standpoint, I don't think that makes sense. I want to see Juan Soto in a Padres uniform for at least one more season and try it. But if this team wants to have a rotation and have more of a complete roster and get some depth, you're going to need some room to spend, right? You just are. And right now, now I'm going on spot track. I know I went on fan graphs, went on COTS contracts. I'm going on fan graphs right now, and it says their estimated tax payroll is 186.3. It says the CBT space is 50 million, but the Padres want to be around $200 million, according to reports. So that really gives them, let's say it's at 186. I'm seeing different numbers here from different sites, so we don't. I don't know if we really know what their payroll exactly is. Let's say it's 186.3. They've got like 14 mil to spend to get around $200 million. That's not a lot for another catcher, first base DH, relief help, replace your top three starters from this past year in terms of like health and all that with Waka, Martinez. Well, Martinez is in the bullpen, but Waka. Snell and Lugo. I mean, it's it's not a lot of room to spend, right? So, yeah, I'm going to be very interested in seeing how this offseason plays out, obviously. Uh, former Padre, by the way, Cal Quantrill was acquired by the Colorado Rockies earlier today in a trade. Just going through some different things around Major League Baseball to end this show. Giants interested in Matt Chapman. Would not be surprised to see him land there. Uh, Obviously, Bob Melvin managed him. The Brewers discussing a Brandon Woodruff trade with multiple teams. Are the Padres in position to do that? It doesn't feel like it. And if they acquire Brandon Woodruff, he's not going to be healthy for some of 2024, if not all of 2024, right? Because he had the injury. He had a shoulder injury. Last month, the Brewers announced that he would require surgery to repair the anterior capsule in his right shoulder, which would keep him out of action for most or perhaps all of 2024. Padres need pitching for 2024. So I don't really see how that's the best fit there. And then trade-wise, they'd have to give up probably at least one top prospect. And do, do they want to do that? So I don't see Brandon Woodruff coming to the Padres. Eric Chavez was mentioned in the Padres managerial search. He is going back to the New York Mets as their hitting coach. He was briefly mentioned in the Padres. Like maybe they, I think there was a conversation or it was reported that maybe they'll have a conversation with Eric Chavez, but then he was pulled out of the running pretty quickly there. So as I said yesterday on the show, right now, Padres manager search seems like it's, between Schilt, Nevin, two favorites, Gil Flaherty. Gil Flaherty doesn't seem like they're going to get it, according to Kevin Acey. Nevin, Schilt, momentum towards Nevin, but things can change. And the manager search seems like it's on pause right now. And obviously, that's understandably the case. Like I totally understand why the manager search would be on pause. 
manager is expected to be named next week. And the ownership situation is expected to be addressed by the Padres next week as well before Thanksgiving. So hopefully we will have some more clarity on who's going to be leading this team in 2024. Ownership, manager, all that. And then we can really get going here in the offseason. All right, that's going to do it here. Episode 516, Talking Ferraris Podcast and YouTube show. Thank you, everyone, for watching on YouTube or listening on podcast platforms. I really do appreciate it. This show, obviously, brought to you by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries, the main sponsor, the main partner of the show. They are great to me, great to their customers. Gaglionebros.com is the website. Click the link in the description there. Great cheesesteaks, great garlic fries. Foco, Padres bobbleheads, collectibles. They're releasing a Blake Snell Cy Young bobblehead. And so just click the link in the description for that pre-order. There's like 120 available, so not very many. So go get it now. There's other bobbleheads as well, including Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, Breaking Tea, great Padres, Aztecs, Wave shirts and sweatshirts. And Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. Click the link in the description for that. SeatGeek code, Talking Friars, $20 off your order there. Have a great weekend, everybody. Um, Obviously, still thoughts and prayers towards Peter Seidler's family, the Padres organization. Obviously, a loss that we're not going to get over. And as I said the other day, hopefully owner, the new control person coming in will shouldn't say coming in. Eric Kutsenda has been with the organization for a few months here. The new control person, interim control person, Eric Kutsenda, has Peter Seidler's thoughts in mind and will continue to act in the way that Peter Seidler would act because he was a true fan of this team, truly cared about this fan base, the community, winning. And that's, I think, speaking for Padres fans, that w- that's what we want in the, the next chairman, whoever that's going to be the next chairman of this Padres team. 